This is The Guardian. Today, why does the story of Suella Braverman's speeding matter so much? A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Last year, the Home Secretary was caught by the police for driving over the legal speed limit. The letter came through and offered a choice. She could take a speed awareness course or she could pay a fine and accept three penalty points on her driver's licence. At first, she did neither. Instead, the Home Secretary is reported to have asked civil servants to intervene. Could they privately arrange for her to attend a one-on-one speed awareness course put on specially for her? It turns out, they couldn't. Ministers aren't supposed to order civil servants to deal with their personal affairs. Are you subject to different laws than the rest of us, Home Secretary? Is it time to go? And now, for the second time, Suella Braverman is facing claims that she broke the ministerial code, an offence that saw her sacked as Home Secretary just last year. The Prime Minister still hasn't decided whether there should be an investigation by his ethics advisor. When can we expect to know what the Prime Minister is thinking on this matter? In the eight months since he took office, promising integrity and accountability, Rishi Sunak has lost two cabinet ministers to bullying claims and a third to a tax scandal. Can he afford to lose yet another member of his front bench, particularly one who has fired up the right of the party and has leadership ambitions of her own? From The Guardian, I'm Nosheen Iqbal. Today in Focus, too fast, too furious, is the Home Secretary driving the Prime Minister to despair? Aubrey Allegretti, you're The Guardian's senior political correspondent. Can you start by telling me, what is Suella Braverman alleged to have done wrong? So Suella Braverman's been in the cabinet for a few years. She was attorney general at the time that she received a speeding penalty. And it was then when she became Home Secretary that she decided that rather than trying to pay the fine, she would try and attend a speed awareness course, which you can do in sort of lieu of a financial penalty. But it seems that instead of doing what almost any other normal person would do, which is either attend something uh, in person or online, what she instead tried to do was get home office officials to try and organise a private one-on-one class for her. But there are questions about whether or not it was appropriate to ask civil servants who are meant to be sort of politically neutral and stay out of the personal affairs of ministers to get them involved on her behalf. Is it common to have a one-on-one speeding course like the one that Braverman was requesting? 
No, absolutely not. And I think there are probably questions over why she was asking for this, because you could quite legitimately argue, for example, that it's not very appropriate for a couple of dozen people to be sat around at a sort of parochial speed awareness course somewhere uh, in a sort of community centre or the like, and for armed bodyguards to be standing in the room distracting the other attendees. So there is that argument that could be made. But there is also the sort of flip side, which is, was she trying to get out of being recognised so that this story would never have come to light? It does seem, relatively speaking, pretty minor, but can you explain why asking civil servants for help is potentially breaking the ministerial code? There are a number of very high-profile former civil servants who've studied what the ministerial code says and they think that it's very clear that you have to separate out your private interests as a minister from your public duties, and that includes the perception of any conflict as well. And that's the real rub here. If somebody like Suella Braveman had come clean, said what had happened and been open about what she was trying to do and the reasons for it, then there would be less of a problem. But this is something that happened nearly a year ago. And so that's why there is such uncertainty about what she did and why. And how serious a breach would it be if it is proven? The ministerial code is odd because There are no defined ways to categorise how punishments should be doled out for certain misdemeanours. And there's certainly been a trend in recent years by prime ministers to try and avoid any breach of the ministerial code leading to automatic resignation, which is the sort of historical precedent here. I think uh, either Boris Johnson or Rishi Sunak have written into it that that it's not a requirement to resign just because you break the ministerial code and you might be able to sort of get away with a a slap on the wrist. You'll remember Priti Patel, of course, Swella Braverman's predecessor, was found to have broken the ministerial code, but perfectly uh, allowed by Boris Johnson to stay on. So it's hard to say exactly what punishment she could face for this. Six weeks ago... Braverman's special advisor insisted to a journalist from the Mirror that the Home Secretary hadn't been, and I quote, done for speeding. That special advisor then accused Braverman's political enemies of spreading misinformation. Aubrey, does it raise serious issues about this government's transparency and how it deals with questions from journalists? Absolutely. One of the sort of never really told stories in Westminster is about the nature of communications between journalists and MPs. Now, ministers have gatekeepers who are known as special advisors, and those people operate very much in the shadows. They're very, very, very rarely named. The one who obviously came to greatest prominence was Dominic Cummings, but secretaries of state special advisors you never normally hear from, even though they are the person that we have arguably one of the closest relationships with. So you do have to take often what they say on trust. And during the Boris Johnson administration, that trust completely deteriorated. It was not uncommon for journalists to complain openly that they felt directly lied to by cabinet ministers, special advisers. There was something of a reset when Rishi Sunak came to power and he sort of got together a new media team that had much better relationships with the media. But Swella Braveman's special advisor has found himself in the spotlight because he was claiming that the suggestion she had been charged for speeding was nonsense. And so it means that journalists like me are going to question whether or not we can trust things that they might deny in future. 
And how has Braverman responded to all of this coming out? So Suella Braverman has given very limited information about what's happened. You've broken rules before. You've had a resign of breaking the ministerial code. You've admitted now to to breaking or, or having a speeding fight. You've accused of breaking the code for a second time. How good a look is it for a senior politician, one of the most senior politicians of the country, to be viewed as a constant rule breaker? I got a speeding ticket. I paid the fine. I took the points. In my view, nothing untoward has happened. Thank you. Thank you. Now she neglected to answer quite specific questions levied by both journalists and opposition MPs in Parliament about whether it was true that she had tried to arrange this one-on-one speeding course, whether it was true that she had asked for the Cabinet Office and officials' help in setting that up, and whether there were concerns raised at the very top of government in the Proprietary and Ethics Office and to the Home Office Permanent Secretary about all of this, none of those questions she's yet answered, which is what's leaving Conservative MPs quite unsettled. So ultimately she's deflecting and batting it away and minimising the whole entire incident. That's right, and you can already see the outriders pushing back and using familiar excuses like, my constituents aren't talking about this, or this is a Westminster bubble issue, it's a storm in a teacup. She said she paid the fine, let's all move on, nothing to see here. We've heard those refrains throughout the sort of numerous sleaze scandals that came to engulf Boris Johnson's premiership. So I don't think they hold water. And what about the Prime Minister? How has Rishi Sunak handled the storm brewing around his Home Secretary? I think it's no secret that Rishi Sunak is quietly very frustrated. He was in Japan for the G7 summit where he was talking about things like the supply of F-16 jets to Ukraine and meeting with other world leaders, including Narendra Modi, because he's going to India later this year. So there are a million things he'd rather have been talking about. And when he stood up at the press conference, the first question he was faced with was, what action are you going to take about your Home Secretary, about whom these reports have just emerged? Will you ask the Independent Advisor on Minister's Interest to look into your Home Secretary's conduct after she asked civil servants to help her deal with being caught speeding? And do you have full confidence in Suella Braverman? Did you have any questions about the summit? You could see him gritting his teeth almost and the frustration that his big sort of moment to appear as this leader on the world stage was being completely undermined. Having said that, he hasn't rushed to judgment here in a not dissimilar fashion to how he decided against taking the action with Dominic Robb, the former Justice Secretary he was accused of bullying. So it seems that he's very cautious, but I think privately he and people in number 10 have been very happy to sort of let Suella blow herself up. They sort of saw her as a ticking time bomb almost. But I think they're annoyed that this is rubbing off on him. So we've read that he is, again, quote, availing himself of all information. But what are his options here? So he can do one of a few things. First of all, he could decide that he doesn't think there's a case to answer, in which case the story very much becomes less about what Sweller Braveman did and more about his judgment in deciding that she did nothing wrong or nothing that warranted an investigation to proceed in the first place. Mm. He could decide that he asks his ethics advisor, a man called Laurie Magnus, 
to launch an investigation. The timing of that is up in the air. You would expect this to be as focused as possible, also in the interest of getting it over as quickly as possible, not least so you can settle the disharmony there is in the Conservative Party and wipe the sort of headlines away. But there is the risk that it continues to drag on. Previous ethics investigations have taken a number of months, so Rishi Sunak isn't really in control of that. He is the sort of person that gets to fire the starting pistol, but as soon as he does... It's over to Laurie Magnus in the Cabinet Office, who works independently, in air quotes, to decide what he wants to do and how long it's going to take. But this isn't the first time that Suella Braverman has been caught with an ethics breach situation, is it? I mean, and she's also been dubbed Leaky Sue in the press. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Suella Braverman has a sort of troubled history when it comes to the ministerial code, because she was, of course, sacked in the dying days of Liz Truss's government as Home Secretary for having sent an email to uh, an MP and their wife who worked in the MP's office about sensitive government policy that hadn't yet been announced and also accessing documents that were meant to be secure and only viewed on official devices on a personal email account. So she was sacked very swiftly by Liz Truss for that and then brought back only a few days later as Home Secretary, by Rishi Sunak, who was very happy bringing her back. And he did it partly because he needed to assuage a particular wing of the party, which Swella Braveman was seen as being a sort of leading light of, or at least very influential amongst. So the question will be whether sacking her again risks inflaming all the tensions that erupted in the aftermath of her previous sacking by Liz Truss. You said he was very happy to bring her back. But the Prime Minister has faced something of a colossal headache with Bravman over in recent months. They don't seem to be completely on the same page. And I wonder, do you think he might use this incident to get rid of her and replace her with someone less controversial? Swella Braverman is certainly causing issues within the cabinet. She is sort of seen as pushing for much harder line on immigration by proxy She's also been at odds with other cabinet ministers on the benefits of migration. She's been locked at loggerheads, for example, with the education secretary about the number of students that come to the UK every year. And also, I understand, with people like the energy secretary and the transport secretary about filling labour shortages. So she's been a headache of all sorts to Rishi Sunak and other ministers. They would probably be quite happy for that not to continue. Coming up. Migration to Britain is booming post-Brexit. What does that say for Suella Braverman's reputation and her future? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Today in Focus is supported by better help. Here's a question. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do with it? Watch TV? Read a book? Meet up with a friend? Maybe a little nap? 
A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But for what? Perhaps to best answer that, you need to work out what's truly important to you, then make that a priority. Therapy can help you work out what's most important to you. It isn't just for those who've unfortunately experienced trauma in their lives. Therapy can be helpful for learning positive coping skills and for setting boundaries. It can empower you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash todayinfocus. Our belief in freedom of speech means not only must we remain free to say what we think, but that we must never be forced to say things that we know to be false. Aubrey, only last week we covered Suella Braverman's speech to the National Conservative Conference that appeared to be something of a future leadership pitch. How was she trying to position herself? Swella Braverman was really kind of rallying the troops and preaching to the converted at the National Conservatism Conference. She seemed very much in her stride. She was rallying against experts and elites and what she called the divisive politics of identity. It was viewed as incredibly partisan and she really sort of burnished her leadership credentials as somebody that would stand up and sort of fight for the right. So she seemed to be blurring the lines between her government position, her party position, and her own political position. Well, tomorrow, on Thursday, as Home Secretary, she will have to respond to the much-anticipated immigration figures, which are expected to show that net migration is way up, up to 700,000, more than double what it was before Brexit. How does this fit into Brand Braverman and her place in the party? There are lots of concerns about whether or not she is really up to the job. The government has made so much hay of wanting to stop the boats, i.e. stem illegal immigration completely, but also to reduce net migration to deliver on the promises made by various Leave campaigners during the EU referendum. Now, obviously, Rishi Sunak was a Brexiteer. He signed up to uh, a lot of the promises that were made about, you know, controls on immigration, taking back control of our borders. So... For the government to be sort of standing by with big, ferocious immigration hardliners like Sweller Braveman pulling the levers at the top and still unable to deliver what some Conservative members want is just embarrassing and suggests an impotency. It's not even failing to deliver, is it? I mean, she's completely lost control. If it were to, using Braverman's sort of narrative, I mean, half a million more migrants under a Home Secretary who believes that migration should be halted is quite something. It's staggering. And it will just come to typify the concerns that she is not up to the job. I mean, I've been told by Home Office officials that there are serious concerns, for example, raised after cabinet meetings about 
things that she said and the accuracy of those. So there are much wider concerns about whether or not she's up for the job. What's wrong with this country? We used to have um, proper scandals about sex or money. <laughs> or about prime ministers invading Iraq on dodgy evidence in which hundreds of thousands of people die. Apparently this is a scandal, always moral outrage is ludicrous, Absolutely. that a minister asks her private office about something and she takes their advice. We all know what this all about. They're attacking a good home secretary who's trying to attack the real scandal of mass immigration to this country. Aubrey, some of her supporters seem to suggest that this is part of a witch hunt from, and I quote again, a woke blob. What should we make of that? It's always in various people's interests to dismiss stories like this and go, oh, well, it's the sort of woke blob, it's the lefty lawyers, it's the civil service working against ministers. And their attempt to do that is really to undermine the allegations, to sort of try and deflect. But of course, we're just interested in the facts. And there appears to have been quite a significant paper trail when Swella Braveman and her advisors were seeking advice on this. So that's going to make it much harder for people to sort of claim, oh, well, it wasn't really a party, you know, because the party is in the eye of the beholder, or it wasn't really bullying behaviour because bullying is in the eye of the beholder. There appears to be quite a significant paper trail here. So that will reduce the ability for people to be able to claim, oh, this is just a smear campaign because we'll be able to see it, or at least the Prime Minister will be able to see it in black and white. Well, some might then say Braverman's position really is untenable and that any cabinet minister doing this much damage to the reputation of their party would resign. Do you think, given the outcry, that Braverman may decide that now is the time for her to go? It's probably true that she has been looking for a moment to galvanise the right, to martyr herself and also probably sort of step back from the poor job that some Conservative MPs think she's been doing. So I would say that people suspect she's been planning on resigning for some time. It's just about the timing of that departure. Seems a bit early, doesn't it? Yes, yeah. I mean, we're, say, 15, 16 months out from a general election. The question is, how much does she want to be seen to openly agitate against Rishi Sunak? But she definitely has one eye on the ensuing leadership election that would come following a Conservative election defeat, because most people now concede that it's so unlikely Rishi Sunak is challenged for the leadership before the next general election. But we know how long some people take to plan their campaigns, and we're only 16, 17 months out potentially, so she's probably got one eye on it. And then going into the next election, um, I wonder if a lot of these ministers are seeing which way the wind is blowing. I mean, we look at Dominic Raab, the last cabinet minister to resign over breaching the ministerial code. He's now said that he won't stand for re-election as MP. Aubrey, is this a party that at senior levels is expecting defeat? Yes, they certainly think that's the way the wind is blowing. And the sort of steady-as-she-goes approach, slowly creeping up in the polls, is happening too slowly And there are still people agitating in the Conservative Party who have an axe to grind on Boris Johnson's behalf or because they think that the policies being pursued now are not the right ones. I think you're getting more MPs, albeit ones who can be dismissed as being on the fringes of the party, 
suggesting quite openly they disagree with the policy direction of number 10 or for example one mp who wouldn't recently say they supported rishi sunak being the leader of the conservative party in the next election that does not a happy party make and the more that division grows it kind of breeds itself it's like a self-fulfilling cycle and so rishi sunak has got a bit of a grace period three four five months of relative calm i think people are now feeling like they can flex their muscles a bit more we're going to come up to some big fiscal moments, the autumn statement and next spring's budget, party conference in September. Those are going to be moments of huge pressure for the prime minister, where we're going to see much, much more concerted campaigns from MPs lobbying for a change in direction. At the moment, the sort of the sea is relatively calm, but just you wait another few months. Aubrey, thank you so much. Thank you. That was senior political correspondent Aubrey Allegretti. You can read more about this story and stay up to speed with the latest developments at Westminster with our politics team at theguardian.com. And that's it for today. I'm Nasheen Iqbal, and this episode is produced by Eli Block and Lucy Hoff. Sound design is by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Phil Maynard. We'll be back tomorrow. This is The Guardian. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.